0: message is, go from what has been to what shall be. That was the first line out of, that, out of that prophecy. And there's so many more. There's messages all through here. And the thing is, is you take these and they're building blocks for your faith and, and to get us to the, to the winner's circle. Amen. That's where we're headed. And so let's start in Hebrews ten thirty eight, please. Wow. Did I wake you? I'm sorry. To Hebrews 10.38, please. Woo! Don't be afraid to woo. I'm not afraid of the woo. Woo! I can do it louder, you guys. And even without a mic. And it's funny because I, I use a microphone for the sake of the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said I'm rather a little loud, but that's okay. It's just so that you can hear me. So Hebrews 10, 38, it says, now, it's just the first part. Now the just shall live by faith. What? The just shall live by faith. All right. Hebrews 11, 1, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 6, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is what? Number one, is. 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 He is. I am. Not I was, not I will be, but I is. I know it's bad English, but I'll tell you what, it's right now. (laughs) Believe that he is and that he is
1: a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder.
0: Well, I don't want to, Well, I don't want nothing from God. He wants to reward you, and what's the biggest reward? Himself. Mm. Um, Hebrews ten thirty two to thirty nine. Uh, we're going to take this in the message, Annette. Please, Hebrews ten thirty two. Because it, it it describes us and it describes our our um, how we started. It says, "Remember those early days after you first saw the light? Those were the hard times." <laughs> Come on, most of us came into the kingdom uh, during a hard time because that's what got you in. Because there was nowhere else to go. You were so you know uh, me. I was so low. It was like oh my goodness. Uh, I was I <laughs> I needed him. And so those were the hard times. Kicked around in public, targets of every kind of abuse. Some days it was you, other days your friends. uh, 34. If some friends went to prison, you stuck by them. If some enemies broke in and seized your goods, you let them go with a smile, knowing they couldn't touch your real treasure. You know who, who's in you. You know whose you are. Nothing they did bother you. Nothing set you back. Verse 35. So don't throw it all away now. You were sure yourselves then and it's still a sure thing. Sometimes we get in the midst of stuff and, and, and we kind of back up. But no, 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 we keep going forward because we know it's a sure thing. He is a sure thing. But you need to stick it out, staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promise completion. Verse 37, it won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up almost at any minute. But the one who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. We trust him. But if he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. But verse 39 is where we are. But we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no. Oh, no. You can say, oh, no. We're not not quitters. We'll stay with it and survive. Why? Because we're trusting God all the way. He has never lost a fight. Ever. And if he's got your back, you are not going to lose. Just don't cut and run. Amen. So I looked up faith in the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, and it's got a really cool meaning for it. It says, it's an entire confidence or trust in God's character. Do you trust in his character? He's going to do what he said he would do. He does not lie. Trust in his character and declarations. What's his declarations? This word. You can trust this. And in the character and doctrines of Christ, the anointed one, with an unreserved surrender of the will to his guidance and dependence on his merits for salvation. In other words, that firm belief of God's testimony and of the truth of the gospel, which influences the will and leads to an entire reliance on Christ for salvation. Isn't that good? It's just one of those, it just, it's, it's, so, it's like, bam, you wanna know what faith is? Here, take this. And I, I read this the other day and it said, somebody said this, walking by faith is not always easy. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> this is why, oh, because we've been, we've been accustomed to walking by what we see, we grew up by what we see. And then all of a sudden we 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 go start going to church and start learning. Okay, we got to walk by faith. Well, what is that? Well, well, you know, (laughs) well, really, what it is is when you pray and you ask God to meet a need in your life that's clearly promised in this Word. We must believe number one that He has met that need, that He said yes. You need to have some word backing on what it is you're believing God for, and if He said yes here, He's going to say yes to your. Petition. Amen? So, he says that we must believe that God has met that need, and we must believe God's word is true, and that he's actually done what he said he would do. Because he already said he would bless you. He already said it. Right? He already said he would heal you. He already said that he would prosper you. He already said he would deliver you. Back in Psalms 91 and all of these, you know, all these other scriptures, Philippians 4.19, all of these other scriptures, he already said yes. It's past tense. It's a done deal. So what's the deal? How do we access it? By faith. Amen. And how do you get your faith? Well, we know this one. Hebrews 10.17, so then faith comes by faith. Hearing and hearing by the word of God, but faith will goeth by not hearing. If you're not hearing the word, your faith will get diminished, right? And then you find yourself beat up, busted up and, and just, oh man, where am I? You ever find yourself that way? Yeah, we've all done it and we know what to do. But the cool thing is, you know what to do. Right? In case of emergency, break glass. Right? That's a deal. And the message, it says this in Romans ten seventeen. in the message. The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. You can't trust God until you've listened to what he said he would do for you. But unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. <laughs> I know it's deep, isn't it? I'll say it again. The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. Amen. So we're going to go from what has been to what shall be. There's a movement that's going on, and we're part of that movement. It's a big wave. Amen. God is moving us into a position, and it's like, okay, it's, and it's a position to dominate, not to be dominated. So there's a question that I was asked. What is, your di- what is your defining moment from where you go from uh, what has been to what shall be? What is your defining moment? What's going to be the thing? What is it going to be the, the, the thing that's going to propel you to your next step, to your next level? Where you're called to be, where you're supposed to be. Right? And, and these defining moments are moments in our lives that has defined us from who we are to where we are now. That got us to the point right now to where we are. And you can look back and, and just take a step back and, and look over your life and you say, okay, defining moment. And there's so many, and there's many defining moments that just, they're steps that just bring you along and bring you along and bring you along and bring you along. So, um, a defining moment is something that if you don't define it, it will define you. And these, view these moments as an opportunity to learn and grow. Don't let them make you stagnant. Don't let these opportunities make you bitter. Let them make you better. Will it break you or will it shape you? We have an opportunity to go from what has been to what shall be. And we're not going to stop. Thank you,
1: Suzanne. For
0: your right. Oh, that was Dawn. Thank you, Dawn. I got one. Can I get another right? Just somebody, just give me me a right. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Second Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 18, please. Second Corinthians 3, 18, King James. But we all with open face beholding as as in a glass the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, uh, and uh, the glory of the Lord, and are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. New Living Translation, I like this one. It says, <clears throat> so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. All of us. We all reflect His glory. And you can tell when you get around people that haven't...
1: um Their light's not as shiny.
0: Can I put it that way? And and it's like, okay, well, you know that, you know, and those are the people that you just give them a hug. You know, maybe they're going through something. Their light doesn't shine as bright. And it happens to people. Sometimes you just don't feel like it. Right? And that's why we're here. That's why we're here. We need our brothers and sisters to sit back and say, okay, you know what? You're looking a little dull. Let me polish you up. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) Uh, so uh, New Living says so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image we're being changed he's doing the changing we don't have to let him change you because if you change yourself then you'd be walking around saying hey you know what I did look at what I done did no
1: no Mm-mm. John
0: chapter 7, verse 45, New Living Translation, please. John chapter 7, verse 45. Because if, we're, if we are to go from what has been to what shall be, something's got to change. And in John 7, 45, it says, When the temple guards returned without having arrested Jesus, the leading priests and Pharisees demanded, why didn't you bring him in? We have never heard anyone speak. Like this, we have not heard anyone speak like this, and so um, we need to make sure
1: that we change our speech patterns.
0: Amen. So we're going to go through a few couple uh, a few of these verses. Uh, Mark chapter five. That's King James verse twenty-two. Mark five twenty-two. And it says, uh, King James, uh, and behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. When he saw him, he fell at his feet, besought him greatly, Jesus, and said, "And he said, my little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray, come and lay hands on her that she may be healed. He had to say something, and he did. And she shall live. So not only did he want her healed, but he wanted her alive. And Jesus went with him, and much people f- followed him and thronged him. So I looked up the word "throng" because it's not a it's not a regular word that we use. It means to press in from all sides, to press in from all sides. So, in th- verse thirty four, we don't know. See, we're not sure how much time elapsed between uh, when Jesus went and the bad report came, because he, here he is going on this way, then all of a sudden he was pulled over here. Meanwhile, the uh, um, the ruler of the synagogue was saying, "Hey, hey, hey. You, you're supposed to be fixed. You're supposed to be healing my daughter. Why? Come on, put yourself in that spot." And all of a sudden, he's he's pulled over to another place with a lady with an issue of blood. Now we don't know how the length of time that happened in between that time, but um, when you think about that, um, this thought came to my mind: Interruption is not denial.
1: Interruption is not denial. Jesus was interrupted. So Jairus thought,
0: but no. But no. So in verse 34, chapter 5, it says, and he said unto her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace, talking to the lady with the issue of blood, and behold of that plague. And while he yet spake, there came a ruler from the synagogue who's who's certain, which said, Uh, your daughter's dead. He just told Jesus to come to my house, lay your hands on her, she's going to live. All of a sudden now he gets this report, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said it to the ruler of the synagogue, he had to say something. Be not afraid, only believe. Keep your believer turned on. Don't shut your faith off whenever you hear a bad report. Bad reports are going to come to try to throw you off your, off your forward trajectory, but don't let it. Don't let it. Verse 37, Mark 5. And then he, Jesus allowed, suffered no man to follow him but Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he, walked, he cometh into the house of the ruler of the synagogue and sees the tumult and then that wept and wailed greatly. Verse 39, when he has come in, he said unto them, Why are you making this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead but sleeps. They laughed him to scorn. See, he said something and they said something, right? He said faith and they and they just started laughing. Doubt is what that is. And what did he do? I love this. He put them all out. See, you gotta put doubt out of the room. Especially if you you know, you go to visit somebody in the hospital, or if it's you that's in the hospital. And somebody starts talking doubt. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. You got to protect yourself. Amen. He said, uh, he put them all out and and take, (laughs) he took the father and the mother of the damsel and those that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kuma, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto you, arise. There was no doubt and straightway she arose and walked, and for she was of the
1: age of 12, she's only 12. She went from what has been to what shall be. She's alive. Luke 7: 11.
0: Justin did this one. This is a new living. Justin was talking about this on Thursday. Luke 7:11. And it said, soon afterward, Jesus went with the disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. And a funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son. A young man. OK, so first we, we're starting out with a young woman, young daughter, 12 years old. Now it's a young man. And a large crowd in the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and he touched it, which freaked people out because don't, they don't do that. You don't touch a coffin. But he touched it and the, and the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. And then the little boy, the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus came back to his mother. Come on, I must have freaked those people out. Number one, he touched it. Then he said, get up. And he did. Luke uh, 13, verse 10, new living, please. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit, and she'd been bent double for 18 years. 18 years. How long have you been dealing with your stuff? It was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, dear woman, you're healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand straight. And how she praised God. I bet you she did. I bet you she did. 18 years of looking at the dirt because she was bent over that whole time. Walking by people. She's probably watching people getting healed all all over the place. Have you been there? When's my time? That's when you join the Me Too movement. (laughs) Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. That person got blessed. Oh yeah, that's cool. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. John chapter five, verse one, New Living, please. This is cool. As I was going through these, like, it was like, okay, we're going to we're go from where we were to where we shall be. This is cool. That's the first line of the prophecy. And I'll tell you what, as you break that down, you're going to find that this is all over the Bible. It's pretty cool. John 5, verse 1. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was a pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. And one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. 38. When Jesus saw him and he knew that he had been ill for a long time, because Jesus was 30 when he started doing this, so obviously he would have seen him. And he asked him, would you like to get well? That was the question. You want to get well? You want to get better? And what's his, what's his answer? I can't, because uh, before I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me.
1: That sounds like a plan for failure.
0: That wasn't the question that was asked. He asked him, do you want to get well? He said, someone else always gets there ahead of me. And Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And instantly the man was healed. After 38 years, I bet you he was like, okay, you know what? Those 38 years are behind me now. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 8. King James, please. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer being in the ninth hour and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried and when they lay da- whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms and verse 4 Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said look at us I love that because a lot of people well don't look at me Don't look at me. But no, he said, look at us. (laughs) And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. So you got to have, you could turn your receiver on. And then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I give thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. What is the first thing he did after he got healed? Went to church. Come on now. That should be the first thing for anybody that gets healed, delivered, set free, blessed. blessed. Go to church. And it says he entered in, with them into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. Hmm. Hmm. Acts 4.13, I really like this because it says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they, received, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. People are going to see your boldness and realize, hey, you know what? You didn't go to seminary school. You didn't go to some Bible college. But where did you get all this wisdom to the point where they're going to marvel. And, they, and just like this here, it says they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. People are going to know that you've been with Jesus. Why? Because there's, there's a residue on you. There's a residue in you. There's a residue that comes out around you. Because yeah, you get around people, and, and people just turn around and say, man, why do I feel so good when you're around me?
1: Residue. Right? We're not stiff. Why are you so happy? I got residue. (laughs) It's pretty cool. Um, Acts chapter 4, verse 29, New Living. Please. Are you ready to go from what has been to what shall be? Yeah, me too.
0: We're going there. Acts 4.29, it says, uh, New Living. And now, Lord, hear the threats, and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. What are we doing? We're preaching the word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook. Can you imagine? When we get to the place where the whole place just starts rocking and rolling and shaking, Come on now. There'd be like 20, 20 of those big base bins in the, inside of a room like this and just crank it. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> Thank you. See? Join the Me Too movement. I want it. <laughs> After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they preached the word of God with boldness. Preaching the word, preaching the word, saving souls, preaching the word, healing the people, preaching the word. woo Acts chapter 9. Staying with the new living, please.
1: Verse
0: 32. It says, meanwhile, I like this, meanwhile, (laughs) as we go along, Peter traveled from place to place, and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda, and there he met a man, Aeneas, who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, roll up your sleeping mat. Where do you hear that from? He's used that. He heard Jesus say it. Take up your mat and walk. Walk. And he was healed instantly, and then the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around, and they turned to the Lord. Could you imagine one person being
1: healed turned the whole place around? Mm -hmm. Acts 14, verse 8. New living still.
0: While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. And, they, and he had been that way from birth. So he had never walked. Never. And he was sitting uh, and listening to, as Paul preached. Looking st- straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. So Paul t- called to him in a loud voice. Get up! Could you imagine? I mean, come on now. You, you, you guys almost got up, right? <laughs> yeah. What happened? Got him out of his head. And he was just, he had his eyes fixed. And when he said, get up, it shocked him. And so he did. So Paul called to him a loud voice, up!" and the man
1: jumped to his feet and started walking. It works. When
0: you work it. Why? We're going to from what has been to what shall be. We're kind of programming ourselves. And this is all faith comes, faith comes, faith comes. Psalms 18, uh, Passion. Did you get that one when I sent it to you? Perfect. Uh, Verse 1. Psalm 18, verse 1 in the Passion translation. (laughs) I like this. Praises sung To the Pure and Shining One by King David, his servant, composed when the Lord rescued David from all his many enemies, including the brutality of Saul, his heart. It says, Lord, I passionately love you, and I'm bonded to you, for now you have become my power. You have become my power. You're as real to me as bedrock beneath my feet, like like a castle on a cliff, my forever firm fortress, my mountain of hiding to me as bedrock, or uh, my pathway of escape, my tower of rescue where no one can reach me, my secret strength and shield around me. Wow. You are our salvation's ray of brightness, shining on the hillside, always the champion of my cause. All I need to do is call you, singing to you, the praiseworthy God. And when I do, I am safe and sound in
1: you. All I want to do is worship at your feet.
0: Uh-huh. In John 10, 30, Jesus said that, I and my Father are one. And then he said, learn of me. Learn of me. Matthew 11, verse 28. King James, please. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lonely in heart. You shall find rest for your soul, unto your souls, for my yoke is... Easy. And my burden is light. light, light and easy. That's what we're programmed
1: to become, light and easy. Hallelujah.
0: So I, learned, I looked up the word learn, and it means to understand in any way as a disciple, to increase one's knowledge, to be increased in knowledge, to frequently learn by Inquiry or observation. Always asking questions. Not questioning, but asking questions. Seek to understand. Not simply the doctrine of Christ, but Christ himself. Don't just seek to know the word, but know him, the word. Right? And it's a process of of not merely getting to know the person, but of applying the, the knowledge as to walk differently from the rest of the Gentiles. Your walk would be different. Why? Because you're going from what has been to what shall be. The world says, the world says, I'll believe it when I see it, but the word says, I believe it, now I'll see it. Right? So that, you know, that's that's the way that's just how we roll. We're Christians, right?
1: Hmm.
0: Luke 19, verse 1, New Living, please. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, he went from what has been to what shall be. All of these people
1: went from what keys.
0: I will. Um, Luke 19, verse 1, it says, Jesus entered Jericho made his way through town, and there was a man there named Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector in the region. He became very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was coming to pass that way. Verse five When Jesus came by he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name, Zacchaeus and he said, Quick, come down, I must be a guest in your home today. And Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house and in great excitement and joy, but the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. That's people, right? They grumble. Yeah, that's what they do. And meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord and if I have cheated the people on their taxes, if I've done that, you know what he was? He's a tax collector. He was a cheat. Yeah. And he's going to turn around and say, well, if I did that, are you kidding me? Yes, he did. But he said, if I cheated the people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has showed himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Now, I looked up some information about a tax collector. And it says Zacchaeus, like other tax collectors working for the Roman Empire, the working for the enemy, were hated and seen as sinful uh, as a sinful figure of ill repute, self enriching, corrupt, traitorous to the Jewish community, and often strong armed money out of people with the use of thugs. <laughs> so those people called him everything but his name. His own people, they didn't call him Zacchaeus. Probably the first time you ever heard that was when Jesus called him. (laughs) But his name meant pure and innocent. Isn't that something? So he went from what shall be, from what has been to what shall be, pure and innocent. (laughs) I got this. Sometimes you get these lines, right, that are just kind of like make you chuckle. And so, um, here we go from a, what, has been,
1: and I thought, hmm, has been. We used to call, you,
0: we used to call people has beans, yes. right? Look at you, has been. So I looked it up. You know, it's in the, it's in the dictionary. <laughs> has been, a person or a thing considered to be no longer of any significance. To shall be. Into, made into his glorious image, into his likeness, into him. What is it? I was once blind, but now I see. So in Romans 10, 9 and 11, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you're going to be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. It is by confessing with your mouth that you're saved. Mm-hmm. So really, when you think about it, it's a heart and mouth coming into agreement, bringing you from what has been
1: to what shall be.
0: Amen. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca.